Welcome to another episode of the Real Talk on Women's Health podcast with Essentia Health. We are joined once again by bariatric surgeon, Dr. Annabelle Butler, for a special part two episode where we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about what we talked about in episode number one. So let's go ahead and just dive right in. What is a typical patient for you that would get bariatric surgery? If you look at all the numbers of bariatric surgeries that are done, the most frequent bariatric surgery is performed on women between the ages of about 35 to 50. And so that's that's certainly a large part of my practice. But really bariatric surgery, I see people from all walks of life. So uh, more and more men are coming and more and more people that are over the age of 55, closer to 70. The typical patient has been struggling with their weight for a long time. Um, and that goes along with what I talked about in the previous episode with obesity being a chronic disease. It's in some ways an insidious disease, just like I mentioned last time, um, just like heart disease. It takes time to develop. It gets worse over time. And so, you know, patients come to me and they've had decades of struggling with their weight. A lot of people remember being overweight as a young child or sometimes early adolescence. And really, if you think about it, even, you know, a weight gain of three to five pounds a year you know, once you get to 10 years, 20 years of that, you're 100 pounds overweight. So again, just speaking to the fact that this is kind of a chronic issue that people have had. And you mentioned in the last podcast, something that stuck with me is like the typical patient, it's not like they're most times just sitting around eating all day. Like there's so many things that play into that. Absolutely. A lot of different factors. I have a lot of patients who are very active. They go to work every day. They are, you know, nurses and mail carriers and walk all the time. Um, And they're still 70 pounds overweight. So um, it's it's more related to to the actual metabolic disorder of obesity, which which is very complex. So I want to ask you one quick question before we dive into bariatric surgery, because you said you're seeing more men. Is it more common for women to get bariatric surgery than men? Women in general tend to seek medical care a little bit mm. sooner and easier than men, I think, is one part of it. The other part of it is women do have a lot more pressure um, or or historically have a lot more pressure on them as far as, uh, you know, how we look. And so both of those things, I think, bring women more to the doctor or to the bariatric surgeon sooner than men, although that that tide has has definitely turned. Right. OK, I was curious about that. Um, so let's talk about bariatric surgery in general. Like what's a good overview um, of bariatric surgery and kind of how it works? Well, so the two most common procedures performed are going to be the gastric bypass. That's the, the one that's been around a really long time. That's where we make a small pouch with your stomach and reroute your intestines so that you're basically bypassing the majority of your stomach and that first portion of your intestine. The other bariatric surgery that's the most common is going to be a sleeve gastrectomy. And that's where we don't reroute anything, but we take out about 85% of your stomach. So you're left with kind of a skinny tube of a stomach. Bariatric surgery, of course, works initially to some degree because you just can't eat as much after surgery uh, because you've got a really tiny stomach. Uh, But the main reason bariatric surgery works is actually because of metabolic effects. And so that's the part of, of obesity medicine that I really love and I think is super interesting. But there are all of these neurohormones that are released by your intestines, by your stomach that actually work up in your brain and change how full you feel after a meal, um, affect your appetite, affect actually how and when you secrete insulin, affect your insulin sensitivity. And so all of those metabolic effects are, are kind of why we see weight loss from bariatric surgery and also that sustained weight loss from bariatric surgery, you know, even 
years out after surgery. So you talked about a typical patient. At what point would somebody want to consider bariatric surgery? I'm guessing it's not where you can just walk in and say, I want to get this surgery. Do you guys suggest maybe doing other things or like at what point can somebody get bariatric surgery? Anyone with a BMI of 35 with a health condition would qualify for bariatric surgery. Anyone with a BMI of 40, whether you have a health condition or not, would qualify for bariatric surgery. You can, of course, most patients have already tried medical weight loss or weight loss on their own by the time that they're seeing a bariatric surgeon. Of course, that is always still an option um, if if patients don't want to go the surgical route. But those are the those are the kind of insurance mandated requirements to get surgery. So somebody comes to you, they do a consultation, they qualify. Then what happens next? What do they have to do before they get the surgery? Because it is a yeah. very long process. It's not just like you go and you get the surgery, you leave. There's a lot that goes into it before you can even get the surgery, right? Yes. Yeah. So there's at least um, four to six months of consecutive dietary visits where you meet with our dietitian, talk about um, your current diet, eating habits, kind of behavioral health sort of discussions. Those are usually, you know, the number of those that you need are mandated both by insurance companies, but also by kind of how we think you're doing um, in the program. And then you also have a pretty rigorous uh, psychological evaluation. So you meet with one of our um, behavioral health psychologists who does a couple hour consult with you with some testing to make sure that there's not any underlying mental health disorders that need to be treated, ideally treated prior to surgery. Um, And then sometimes they meet with you a couple times even during the process just to, to give you support, you know, for your upcoming surgery. So they get the surgery and then there's also just as much of a recovery as well. What kinds of steps do patients have to take after? So surgery itself, you know, is anywhere from about one to two and a half hours, depending on the type of surgery you have. You stay in the hospital usually just overnight. I would say about 90% of my patients are home the following day. And then postoperatively, we like to see you in follow-up at pretty frequent intervals right away initially. So two-week follow-up, five-week follow-up, three months, six months from surgery, a year out from surgery, and then yearly thereafter is what we recommend. At all of those visits, you're meeting with a bariatric surgery provider, whether that's um, a surgeon or one of our um, physician assistants, um, as well as usually the dietitian. So the dietitian is still very much involved with, with patients after surgery as well. Because I'm guessing there's a lot of like lifestyle changes that they have to make. Do you find that people really do stick to them? Yes. Yes and no. I, there's, you know, I don't expect anyone to be perfect. Right. I'm not perfect. So I tell patients, if you are doing these things, the majority of the time you will do well. You don't need to, to ruin your day because, or say that your day is ruined because you maybe slipped and had a bite of a muffin or half a muffin, whatever. Just move on from that. But yeah, I would say, I would say most, most patients stick to the recommendations we give them. And part of that is because they already started doing those recommendations prior to surgery. You know, we know that that the more you kind of do a habit over and over and over again, the more it's going to be ingrained in kind of how you are after surgery. So we really try to get patients to be on board with some of these lifestyle changes even even before the operating room. What are some other challenges that come with uh, bariatric surgery? The main thing with, with bariatric surgery and really weight loss in general is it affects all parts of our life. And so there's, you know, physical challenges that come with bariatric surgery, but those are honestly some of the easier things to talk about and fix. You know, the other more difficult things are changes in relationships that sometimes happen after bariatric surgery, um, changes in how patients are viewing themselves after surgery. You know, some of the emotional and social effects of surgery afterwards 
words are sometimes more difficult to navigate. So now that we've talked about challenges, obviously there's so many benefits to getting bariatric surgery. What are some of um, the biggest benefits that you can think of? Yeah, there's there's a lot of benefits. Every organ system is affected by obesity, but in particular to today, I was going to discuss you know benefits specific to women. So some of those would be increased uh, fertility after bariatric surgery. So I, I've had a lot of patients where one of the main reasons they're seeing me is because they've really struggled with either polycystic ovarian syndrome or infertility of unknown origin. The only thing they can think of is, well, if I lose some weight, I might be able to actually conceive and, and, and have a family. And so I've actually had patients that have gone on to have very healthy, you know, wonderful pregnancies and perinatal outcomes after, after weight loss. And we do know that weight loss prior to conception enhances outcomes both for the mom and the baby after surgery. And that actually weight loss prior to conception decreases the chance of the baby having um, obesity as a chronic disease. So it kind of helps mom and then it helps kind of future generations. So that's that's one in particular with women. The other thing with women is that um, obesity causes increased incidence of certain gynecologic cancers like endometrial cancer, breast cancer, can cause increased risk of other can- GI cancers as well, like colon cancer. Um, and so all of that risk is decreased with with bariatric surgery and weight loss. And, and then even just the other medical conditions that obesity affects in both men and women. So decreasing high blood pressure, high cholesterol, leading to better cardiovascular health, decreasing um, risk of diabetes, which is actually higher in women. If you put a a woman with a BMI of 35 up against a man with a BMI of 35, the woman has a higher higher risk of diabetes. Um, So so it really kind of helps us across all organ systems, but there are certainly some women's health related issues as well. Another thing I want to talk about in terms of bariatric surgeries, I know it's like there's a lot of things relating to mental health. You know, it's such a life change. It is such a major thing that you're going to go through and it's going to change your whole life. So how do you guys kind of help the mental health aspect of bariatric surgery or how does that play into it, I guess? Yeah, it it plays a huge role. Preoperatively, we try to coach patients on uh, coping mechanisms. So, um, you know, food is one of those things we all have to do it to survive. But in obese patients, there's a lot of other emotions and and negative emotions around food. And so preoperatively, we we really try to coach about um, healthy coping mechanisms outside of eating eating, you know, uh, mindful eating um, processes. And then postoperatively too, we always like to check in about those things too. So both your medical provider will talk to you about that, but then we also have, that's part of why you're you're engaged with our psychologist preoperatively so that postoperatively, if there are any are any issues or if patients say like, look, I feel like I'm I'm emotional eating again, I'm kind of falling back into these into these habits, um, we can hook you back in with, with a mental health provider as well afterwards. How has bariatric surgery advanced since you guys have started doing surgeries like this? I think um, there's a couple things. Laparoscopic surgery came about about 30 years ago. So over the past 20 years or so, really, that's the only way the surgery is done anymore. And so that is much safer, less complication risk postoperatively for patients. The other thing that has changed is probably it's a little bit more regulated in how we're doing these procedures. I had mentioned this previously. Usually bariatric surgery is done by bariatric surgeons or people who are really kind of specialized in that area anymore. There's a lot of kind of involved professional societies and practices around how do we do these operations? How do we standardize them? Um, whereas, you know, probably 30, 40, 50 years ago, people were kind of doing things, maybe not 
not the same across the board. So those would be probably the bigger changes. Oh, and then the other one would be that there's um, a lot more rigorous pre and post-operative care for bariatric surgery patients. That was not always the case um, anymore. You can't just walk in, in my office and sign up for surgery, um, whereas in the past you you potentially could have done that. So it's a lot more kind of rigorous pre and post-op care that, that ultimately helps with outcomes. That kind of leads me to something I wanted to bring up too. I feel like I don't know much about bariatric surgery. I'm learning so much from you, but I feel like people always think from the outside, like, oh, that's just the easy way out. Like, why isn't somebody who is a candidate for bariatric surgery not making lifestyle changes? But that's not true whatsoever. It's not the easy way out. No, it's not at all. Um, I have a lot of respect for my patients that do well after surgery. And really the surgery, from my standpoint, is the easy part. Come in, I do your operation. All of the hard stuff comes well before actually, but then but then afterwards, you know, there's this whole preoperative process patients have to get through that can be that can be challenging in kind of emotional ways, actually financial ways. It's a lot of time they're spending outside of work and, and home life to do these visits. Um, but then post-op, you know, it's it's all on the patient. They are the ones that, that is is kind of making their success after surgery. To change your whole lifestyle does take courage, no matter what it is, whether you're quitting something, it, it does. Um, do you have a story of like a patient, obviously you can't say too much, but like that you'll always remember? Do you just like always remember the amazing like ways that people have come out of the surgery and changed their whole lives and you kind of get to follow them on that journey? Yeah. I don't know if I if I can think of a, a single patient, but I, I see patients at their six month follow up and that's usually when people have really kind of had some rapid weight loss and they're really starting to see its effects on their day-to-day life. And those are really, the six-month and the one-year visits are really rewarding because people are no longer on a lot of the medications they were on before, or at least on very few uh, or less than they were before. And they're they're starting to notice just kind of, hey, I went on a trip and I didn't have to feel self-conscious about sitting in my in my seat on the airplane. Um, I was able to, you know, go on a hike with my family this weekend and I did the whole hike and I didn't have to rest. I was able to crouch onto the ground and play with my grandchildren and I've never been able to do that before. Those are the kind of stories that are really rewarding. Yeah, I imagine even though it's a tough job you have, it is very rewarding when you get to see like the patient before and then the patient after. How long is the process from like somebody coming to see you to actually getting surgery? How long does that take? It's dependent on insurance but and then also on on kind of how you're doing in our program in general but insurance mandates most of that so in Minnesota most insurances it's anywhere from about four to eight months. Again, my my main speaking point whenever I talk about this is that um, I want people to realize that obesity is a disease. It's not a willpower issue. And that's something that, you know, we need to, to do that as a society. We need to start realizing that more. But even in the medical profession, you know, that's become more of the accepted norm only recently. Um, and so, you know, we really need to approach our friends, our family, our patients with obesity, with with compassion and and um, and, and care and realize this is just like any other chronic disease. And there's a lot of different ways to treat it. And we sometimes have to combine treatment. Um, But that's probably the main thing. I like that you mentioned that like compassion and then also just like less judgment. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, bariatric surgeon, Dr. Annabelle Butler. I've learned so much and um, hopefully you'll come on the podcast again down the road. Yeah, thanks for having me.